Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God. And this is part two of God, uh, the series I'm going to do called God, God Is, as we continue on from last week. I said with all that's going on in the world, with all that's going on in the world that's changing, I want to begin 2021 with that which does not change. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, it says, For I am the Lord, I change not. For I am the Lord, I change not. Before we go on, I do need to point out something here. In Scripture, we do actually find places where God does change. For instance, he changes his mind on many occasions in Scripture. Let me give you two. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, you know the story. The people were like, where is he? And so with him not coming down, they ended up making a golden golden calf and worshiping it. When Moses saw this and when God saw this, he's like, I am going to destroy the people. He was so, God was so upset. And then we find that Moses pleaded with the Lord. He pleaded with the Lord on behalf of the people. And in Scripture, it says this in Exodus chapter 32, verse 14. It says, so the Lord changed his mind. The Lord changed his mind about the terrible disaster he had threatened to bring on his people. In another version, it says he relented. In other words, he was saying, what I'm going to do, I'm now not going to do that. He changed his mind. In the book of Jonah, we have a similar situation. God was going to destroy the people of Nineveh, and they repented of their sins, and God had mercy on them. In Jonah 3.10, it says, When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, He changed His mind and did not carry out the destruction He had threatened. And here's the really cool thing. God changes his mind. When you look at that, and I can give you so many examples throughout Scripture that are like this, where God changes his mind. But the cool thing is that God changes his mind in response to what? In response to prayer. In Exodus, Moses cried out. He interceded. In Jonah, the people of Nineveh prayed to God and asked for his forgiveness. And God heard their prayer and was merciful to them. And like I said, there are so many examples like this in Scripture, and I haven't had a chance to investigate this claim, but I, I would imagine it would be, be true in the sense of uh, th- this person has studied. I just haven't had a chance to check this out for myself. But someone said that whenever God changes his mind, like this in Scripture, it's always to man's good. It's never the other way around to destroy. It is always to, I will have mercy on man. And that's so encouraging. You know, there's a saying that goes, prayer changes things. But I want to tell you, it's God who changes things. It is God who changes things. But through prayer, through you and I praying, through prayer, God hears and God moves. 
And that's why things like open heaven, which we talked about a little bit before, that's why things like open heaven present us with a powerful and unique opportunity to believe and pray to God to move in our cities, our, our nation, and our world. And so it's so important that we, as a church, take that opportunity and, and make sure, I, I want to encourage you to make sure every effort we can to be there. As I said, I went to, this is uh, Open Heaven in Auckland last year in the Spark Arena, 10,000 people, again, happening again. This year it was at that event that Sam, Pastor Sam Monk from Equipus asked if we would run the Open Heaven here in Wellington. And so Ma, Pastor Natalie is doing an amazing job. Come on, well done, Pastor Natalie, putting it together. Being able to mobilize the church. We had a couple of meetings, but, uh, but again, we want to see the church gathered. As, and, and so we're, we're heading it up. And so we just don't want a token turnout. We don't want to, us, us four no more. We, we, we want to see the church in Wellington, especially you guys here at Connect Church. Let's turn out in force and really uh, seek God because we know as we do that, God, God moves and responds to our, our prayers. And so we have already most of the bigger movements and churches who are now part of this. We've got Acts, we've got Equippers, we've got Arise, we've got Elam, and obviously ourselves, New Life, and many more who are a part of this. And so we've got 2,000 seats in the main auditorium and another 1,000 in the overflow. So I just want to say, let's fill it up and really pray. Can you think of a better way to start off the year? About four of you. I said, can you think of a better way to start off the year? I want to invite you to be a part of it. So turn to the person next to you and say, you definitely need to be going to that. Come on. Hallelujah. So God does change his mind. God does change his mind. So what does it actually mean? What is scripture talking about when it says he changes not. What is scripture actually talking about? What does not change? Well, simply this, God's nature, God's attributes, God's character, who God is in his essence, that changes not. Our circumstances may change, but our circumstances, can I say, never change God. No matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening, friend, you might be having a difficult time, you might be having a good time, whatever it is. Our circumstances change, but our circumstances will never change God. Our circumstances will never change who God is. He changes not. Nothing created can change the Creator. God is never less than faithful, even, listen, when we are faithless. Even when we might be having a bad hair day, even when we might be having a struggle, even when we might be going through a difficult time. God is never less than faithful, even when we are faithless. And God, His nature, His attributes, His character, no change is possible. Whatever God is, A.W. Tozer said, whatever God is, He is infinitely. In other words, God can never be who He's not. 
God can never be what he's not. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God can never be who he's not. New Testament scholar J. Gresham uh, Machen said this, and I love it. He said, God is the most obligated being that there is. He is obligated by his own nature. He is infinite in his wisdom. Therefore, he can never do anything that is unwise. He is infinite in his justice. Therefore, he can never do anything that is unjust. He is infinite in his goodness. Therefore, he can never do anything that is not good. He is infinite in his truth. Therefore, it is impossible that he should lie. Which reveals the fact that there are things that are impossible. Listen, there are things that are impossible for the God of the Bible to do. It's impossible for God to sin. It is impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for God to go against his word. It is impossible. He cannot do that. He cannot sin. He cannot lie. He cannot go against who he is. Why? Because his nature and character is who he is and he cannot be who he's not. He changes not. As I said last week, uh, God cannot change for the better for he is perfect and being perfect, he cannot change for the worst. God is perfectly perfect. Constantly constant. We saw last week, number one, that God is eternal. Of course, which begs the question, if God made man, who made God? The answer is simply this, God is not made. God is eternal. He never had a beginning. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. God is eternal. Remember, He is not the great I was. He is the great I am. I am here. And as my friend Anon said, God is where he was, and I'll leave that with you. Number two, God is all present. He's omnipresent. There is no place you are that God is not. There's no situation, no difficulty, no hardship that you, no place that where you are that God is not, which means I am near. And number three, we said that God is all knowing. He's omniscient, which means I, I know you. I know you, which means simply what? We can be real. We can be real with God. We don't have to pretend. Because sometimes in church we pretend. Not you, but the other services. That we, 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 we pretend, right? I mean, you, you know it. That's even as Christians, we can have a fight on the way to church. You ever had a fight with your wife on the way to church? You ever had a fight and you want to admit, okay, no one's going to admit that. You ever had a fight on the way to church and you turn up at church and I was just like, hi, good morning. How, how's your morning? And you're like, wonderful, wonderful. But you weren't talking when you arrived at church. I mean, you were just like, Ugh. come on. You know, we, nobody else knows that we can, we can put on our best Christian self. And, 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 and again, I, I just want to tell you, God, God knows. He knew you were arguing in the car. He knew you were having a bad attitude. He knew your husband was right. Okay, that wasn't in my notes. That came out, okay? Just, uh, it was just there. It was just there. In the, it was, 
in the atmosphere. <laughs> Moving right along. God knows you. Number four, what I want to talk about today, God is, because again, you can't just wrap God up in a couple of sermons. That's what I'm doing in a series. Oh, yeah, God's amazing. No, we, we cannot wrap God up in a couple of sermons. Number four, God is all-powerful. God is, the God that we serve, the God of the Bible, is all-powerful. In theological terms, we say God is omnipotent. He's omnipotent. When God appeared to Abraham in Genesis 17, verse 1, he introduced himself as I am God Almighty. I am God Almighty. He is the Almighty God. He is El Shaddai. I love how 16th century preacher and author William Gurnall put it. He said... <laughs> I love the language. One almighty is more than all mighties. That's not even a word. But one almighty is greater than all, is more than all mighties. Meaning no matter how great one might think they are, no matter how amazing one might think one is, God is greater. He is greater than all we can know about His greatness. He is bigger than all we can know about his bigness, God, is great. He is almighty God. He is the almighty, all-powerful God who is worthy of our worship, worthy of our service, worthy of all glory, worthy of all honor. He is the almighty God. He is not, listen, I, I, I understand, he's, but we, sometimes we, we try and shrink God now. God is not just your buddy. He's not just your, he's going to help me every little tough thing. I'm going, Can you help us out here? Like, like someone said, we treat God like our lawyer. We only, we only call on him when we need help. No, we, we've got to understand that we're talking about the God Almighty. He is worthy of all our praise, of all our glory, of all our energy, of all our service. He is the God. Listen, I'm going to tell you, we do not have a Christianity. There are those who are trying to make Christianity about us. Can I just tell you, Christianity is not about you. Following God is not about you and your needs and your things. Following God is about Him because He is worthy of all glory. He's the Lamb of God. He's the Lion of Judah. He's the one who has saved us. We couldn't do it. Come on. That was like, come on, let's give Him the best clap of praise right now. He is worthy. He is worthy. I want to tell you, if you make your Christianity about you, if you become the center point, I want to tell you, it's going to lack He is the point of our worship. He is the point. He is the center. And this God is an almighty, all-powerful God. And we need to understand that God can do more in a moment than all mankind can in a millennium. So powerful is our God. He just speaks and creates the universe. His word is powerful. Jesus said, in Matthew 19, verse 26, he said, with God, all things 
are possible. With God, all things are possible. As already discussed, there are things that are impossible for God to do when it comes to his nature and character. When it comes to the nature and character and attributes of God, there are things that are impossible for God to do, but not when it comes to his power. Not when we speak of his power. Ambrose, who was a fourth century bishop and theologian, put it like this. He asked the question, what is impossible to God? What is impossible to God? Not that which is difficult to his power, but that which is contrary to his nature. When it comes to the power of God, nothing is too difficult for him. And so, when it comes to his power, he is all powerful. And so, when someone asks a question like, can God make a rock too heavy that he cannot lift it? We have to understand these are just logical fallacies. I, I love how the great Christian apologist C.S. Lewis, who wrote the Narnia Chronicles, who you will probably know for that area of his work, but he was also one of the most outstanding Christian thinkers of his time. Regarding this question, he says, nonsense is still nonsense even when we speak it about God. Speaking of apologists and apologetics, we've, uh, just to let you know, we've teamed up with a New Zealand organization called Thinking Matters to run, of their, run one of their uh, four apologetics conferences later in the year here at Connect and for the Wellington region. And if you're here today and you're going, well, what is an apologist? What is apologetics? The Greek word apologia means defense. As like a lawyer gives a defense in a trial. So apologetics is quite literally giving a defense of the faith using logic and reason and evidence and so on. So uh, when people ask questions or, or make statements like there is no real truth, there's no real truth in the world. An apologist would think about that and, 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 and ask the question back and go, is that true? Because if there's no real truth, is that true? Because if it's true, then, and then that's, that means that what you just said is not true because they're, they're, it's a self-defeating argument. So an apologist would do that kind of thing. And in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says, always be being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. And that's not just for the pastors. That's for, for us. And I, I want to tell you, we as Christians today, in today's mind-blowing social media kind of world, we, you need to know why you believe what you believe. Not just what you believe, but why you believe it. You need to understand. You need to get a deeper uh, perspective. Just saying Jesus loves me isn't going to cut it, people. You need to understand why do I believe what I believe? Is there, is there evidence? Is there logic? Is there reason? Listen, I, I want to tell you, when you gave to your life to Christ, you did not have to switch off your brain. Not, we, we talk about we gave your heart, but I want to tell you, we're to use our head as well. And so I want to encourage you, and our job as, as ministers, our job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, and this is one of the ways that we can do that. So that'll be coming up in August, and so I want to encourage you to be a part of that. 
turn to the person on the other side who you didn't talk to before and say, you definitely need to go with that. You need help. Come on. Definitely. Well, we'll let you know about that. Matthew 19, verse 26. With God, all things are possible. And Jeremiah 32, verse 17. It says, O sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth. You have made the heavens and the earth by your great power. And then it goes on to say, nothing is too hard for you. In another version, it says, nothing is too difficult for you. You know that situation you're facing right now? You know that thing that you're going through right now? You know that, 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 that addiction you're trying to uh, deal with? You know that problem, that financial issue you're trying to set? You know that mountain that you're trying to see move? I want to tell you that you're thinking, man, it can't, it can't, I cannot see any way forward. I want to tell you, we serve a sovereign God and nothing, it's not just the pastor saying it. It's the Bible saying nothing is too difficult for him. Oh, yes, it might be too difficult for you, but it's not too difficult for him. Nothing is too difficult for thee. In fact, we used to, back in the old days, we used to sing a song like that. We used to go, nothing is too difficult for thee. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Come on, everybody. Great and mighty God, great in counsel and mighty indeed. And then it goes... Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Come on, I know some of you know it, and you just, you just, you're just like, no, this is awkward. I saw Alan, he's just like. <clears throat> he knows it, of course he knows it. He wanted me to sing We'll Never Walk Alone because it's from Liverpool, yeah. <laughs> when you walk. No, I'm not going to sing that. <laughs> Hallelujah. But nothing is too difficult for thee. Nothing is. Nothing is too difficult for him. No matter what it is that you're going through. So, what is this? so again, what does that mean for us? What does that mean in, in, in this life that we're living? What, what, how do we respond to that? What does that mean for us personally? Well, it simply means this. Listen, it simply means this. Man's requirements are not or never will be a drain on God's resources. What you require, what you need, what you require will never be a drain on God's resources. I'm gonna tell you, whatever it is you're walking through, whatever it is that you're struggling with, whatever it is, whether it be relationships, whether it be whatever, whatever it is, your, your requirement, your need will never be a strain on God's resources. God is never going to turn around and go, you know what? Sorry, I've been handling the Trump-Biden thing. It's like going, oh, it's driving me crazy. It's driving us crazy. He's like, but I've got nothing left. I've got nothing left to get. Right, listen, I'll, maybe I'll get to you in a little while. Maybe we'll, we'll be able to figure something out. Listen, friend, whatever your requirement is, whatever your need is, you cannot. You cannot outstrip God's resources. He is an all-powerful He's an all-powerful God. So see, you'll never need more than God can supply. You will never need more. Whatever your situation is, you will never know this in your heart today. Get it in your head. 
You'll never need more than God can supply. He is, as Shana said, your Jehovah Jireh. He is your provider in whatever area it is that you need, not necessarily for your wants. If you're here and you're going, oh, I, I, I want that Mercedes or I want that, it's okay if you want a Harley Davidson. <laughs> Special, just, you know, flies like wings like eagles, it's in the Bible. It's all clear. And a triumph as well. Triumph, yeah. But he's Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Not according to our wants, but, 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 but our needs. You will never need more than what God can supply. It's a great Puritan preacher, Thomas Brooks, wrote some 500 years ago. He said, God hath in himself all the power to defend you, all the wisdom to direct you, all the mercy to pardon you, all the grace to enrich you, all the righteousness to clothe you, all goodness to supply you, and all happiness to crown you. O sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power. Nothing is too difficult for you. See, we've got to understand we have a God who is able. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, reading from the Amplified Version, it says this, God is able to carry out His purpose and to do super abundantly. What a cool word. And to do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to His power that is at work within us. He is a God who is able. So when we face in life what appears to be insurmountable odds, the difficulty, and problems when we face a mountain that seems like it cannot move. What I want to say to you today, an encouragement to you today, we should not lose hope. You should not lose hope. When things are looking so hard, we need to understand He is a God who is able. Whatever that situation is, whatever it is that's holding you back, Whatever it is that's stopping you from entering into that which you believe God would desire, let me tell you. He is able. Do not lose hope. Why? Not because of anything that we have, but because of who He is. He is the God who is able. He is Almighty God. I love what Marcus Dodds said. He said, we are not to think that where we see no possibility, God sees none. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to read it again. We are not to think that where we see no possibility, God sees none. So we need to understand, He will make a way where there seems to be no way. Because He is the God who is able. A.W. Tozer said this, human unbelief 
Human unbelief cannot alter the character of God. See, God doesn't change depending on how much you, well, I don't know if I can, no, no. Listen, friend, what you think does not change who God is. Does not change who the Word of God declares Him to be. He is the God who is able. And I want to tell you, friend, no matter what it is that you're going through, in the middle of your mess, He can do a miracle. In the middle of your mess, He can do a miracle. He can turn your trials to triumph. He can turn a victim into a victor. Why? Because He is all-powerful. Why? Because He is able. Listen, as Romans 8, 28 says, He is able to work all things, not just good things, not just things that are going your way, not just things that are working. He is able to work all things for good, for the good of those who love Him. Anybody love Him here today? About three of you. I said, anyone love Him here today? To work all things for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. See what 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 says about this eternal, limitless, all-powerful God. It said, God is able to bless you. Some of you need to know that today because you don't believe God will bless you. You don't believe God would do something for you. you. You believe He'll do it for somebody else. You believe maybe He'll sort it out. He did it for him, but He'll never do it for me. Friends, you've got to understand you're His daughter. You're His son. You need to understand. And this, this is what I'm doing this series for because it's so important that we know who God is before because when we know who God is, we can understand who we are. And so I want to do God is, God is, God is. And then you are. When you know who you are, that you're a son and daughter of the living God, you can understand one with God as a majority. You can understand when God is for you, who can be against you. The eternal, limitless, all-powerful God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, in all things, not just good things, not just things that are working out for you, in all things, at all times, even in bad times, even when life sucks, even when things just didn't work out, even when you dented the car. I can see someone's dented their car. In all things, at all times, having all that you need, not all that you want, but all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And so I'm, all I'm saying in all of this today is in this ever-changing world, we can trust, you can trust in the all-powerful unchanging God. And as I close, God is not in need of anything, but we need to know all things are in need of God. 
So as we close today, I just want to just pray. Maybe today you need to link up and connect with the all-powerful God. Maybe you've never given your life to Him. As I said last week, you can know God, N-O, know God, know peace. But if you know God, you will know peace. You will know peace. K-N-O-W. You will know peace. Do you know Him today? I encourage you to, in the midst of these moments, to say, God, I give you my life. I submit to you today. Be the king of my life. Be, be my king and my God. If that's you today and you know you need to get right with him, with every head bowed and every eye closed, in a moment I'm going to pray a prayer that just says, God, I need to get right with you today. And if you're here today and you know that's you, I'm just going to ask you wherever you are just to, to put your hand up and say, Pastor, would you, would you include me in that prayer? If you're here today and you know you need to get right with God and you, you're saying, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know. Pastor, you don't know how bad I am, friend. It's not about how bad you are. It's about how good He is. This is about what He has done, not about what you have done. But if you know right now your heart, you, 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 you know the sovereign God is speaking to you right now. You know you need to respond to this. Just as I did some 30 years ago in a meeting just like this. Wherever you're sitting, would you just put your hand up and say, Pastor, by doing that, you're just saying, would you include me in that prayer? Would you include me in that prayer? I need to get right with God today. Thank you. Anyone else? You know, thank you down the back there. Anyone else? Thank you over to the side here. You know you need to get right with God. You're not messing around today. Thank you over. Yes, thank you. I slip those hands down. If you know you should have put your hand up, but you didn't, can you put your hand up right now and just say, you know you should have. You're just whatever you're thinking on. What are my friends going to think? Whatever. This is a time to get right with God. Do not mess around with getting your life right with God right now. Anybody else? You, should, you know you should have put your hand up, but you didn't. Can you put it up nice and high so I can see it? Anyone? Anyone? Don't want anyone missing out. Let's pray this prayer together in a nice, loud voice. Lord Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Today, I turn from my sins and turn towards God. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we put our hands together for those who said yes to Jesus? Would you stand? Would you stand? Put your hands out like this. Lord, I just pray and thank you for every single person here. Lord, you know every trial, you know every trouble, you know every difficulty, you know every problem. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that today we as a church, as a people, as individuals will trust in you. Although we can't see a way forward, you can. You make a way where there seems to be no way in every situation, every problem, and every difficulty. Lord God, you move those mountains. Whatever they would be. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let me pronounce a benediction over you from Scripture. Over your 2021 from Ephesians 3.20. Now 
to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you shalom, give you peace. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Go out and change the world. By the way, if you need prayer for anything,